to Becoming Soul. It is Entertainment Talks podcast for Better Call Soul on AMC and Netflix. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? Uh, I, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're back. So, from, so uh, suffering. Yes, I've been away, I've been away in America. Um, I'm now slightly getting over a cold and uh, extremely jet lagged. But apart from that, I'm here. Yes. Cool. Cool. Uh, so we're here back today to talk about, obviously we did the Season 5 preview a couple of weeks ago, thanks to everybody who's listened to that. Uh, but we're here today for the actual episodes, Season 5, Episode 1, Magic Man. We will of course talk about 502, 50% off, but we'll do that after we talk about Episode 1, because that's what makes sense. Uh, so 501, Magic Man, uh, what do you think of the season premiere? I mean, it's it's great again yeah. um i mean it's it's such a well-written show this uh we've got a, a pretty long fla- flash forward at the start of this episode catching up with where gene was it was about 10 minutes the uh the opening flash forward bit so uh it was it was nice to see that and seeing where that's going and then you know you get into the main story and we're getting to see like proper soul goodman now as well which i really like um you know, you're you're starting to see them sort of build and and the the whole sort of uh, just just him starting to come into that character and how he sets up the clients and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so I I'd be really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I thought this first episode was really really good. Um, excellent in certain places as well. Um, I I was blo- I was kind of blown away to be honest by how just how good. The, specifically the flash forward thing which I think is arguably the more interesting part of, of this show because it is it's the unknown part isn't it we know that um, Sol survives at least until this Gene stuff we know about certain other characters who survive uh, Mike and Gus at least until certain points in Breaking Bad um, but it, it's kind of I was thinking about this like literally just kind of this morning um, it's kind of like uh, I can't remember if it was season 6 or season 7 you know when Arrow did the flash forwards I won't spoil happens in the flash forwards or whatever but it was sort yeah. of like that's where we went into unknown territory and the the only difference there is arrow wasn't doing arrow wasn't like a prequel in the in the in the main timeline it was obviously present day and then flash forward whereas this is prequel and flash forward and obviously you got the middle part which is the breaking bad but um i mean even when things like lost did flash forwards they're always just really really interesting when you you just are in unknown territory where um you just you're telling this story from the future, and you sort of work out okay, this person has to survive or whatever because they're in the flash forwards and all that sort of thing. Um, but I, I I just kind of really don't know if this is the right word to use, but I'm going to use it anyway. I really kind of felt the strength of writing from from Vince and Peter uh, in those flash forwards. Just kind of this like Brit the the kind of because Better Call Saul at times has been as good as Breaking Bad, but not always. Because I still do I still do think Breaking Bad's a better show, and we do have a an email yeah, about that. I mean, a, an email about yeah. that later. But in certain scenes, like this Gene scene in in this episode, you really kind of feel the strength of uh, of those two there, that Vince Gilligan and uh, Peter Gould, and uh, it's just so it's just so good. And uh, you know, a lot of people at the moment are saying like, "This is the best show on TV." I'd say it's probably up there with things like maybe The Outsider and some other stuff that's on right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was incredible. I did also like, you know, the the main story stuff. Even though I think, I mean, do you agree with me? Do you think that the flash forward stuff is more interesting than the main than the main story? In um, ways, yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. I, I mean, yeah. I I love the main story as well, and I'm sort of interested to see where they are going with that. But I know what you mean. Um, you know, because we do know where Sol ends up, and we know ultimately, you know, where that story is going. 
Um, but I mean, it, that's more about the sort of journey. I think there is mm-hmm. there is an additional interest to the gene stuff. It's interesting with the gene bits because you kind of feel like there's more of it than there actually is because they only actually use that gene stuff in the opening episode of each season. Mm. It yeah. doesn't actually appear anywhere else, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, it is literally just just the opening episode. We've only really had. I mean, there's, there's probably an episode's worth of that gene thing. They've just chopped it into sort of, you know, five, ten minute blocks that are at the start of each season. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, um, I, 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 I know what you're saying with that. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, you know, but I, I enjoy the main show as well. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, um, just kind of, you know, if we're talking about the... Uh, we will get into it probably in a minute, but just uh, to say rest in peace to uh, Robert Forster, is it? The, uh, yes. the The cleaner guy um, put it in the episode making his last appearance. Uh, of course, we did see him in uh, El Camino as well, which yes. was uh, his second to last appearance. So yeah. uh, I, I've got I've got some questions about how that could potentially change things, but I'm going to leave that until we actually talk about the... Uh, gene scene itself because we obviously need to get into the recap for that but uh yeah really great episode you can really kind of i don't know at some points i can just really feel like okay some of this writing is when it is as good as breaking bad in certain scenes you can it really just kind of just heightens everything for me uh i mean in terms of like the main story as well like we don't know what happens to people like kim and nacho and a couple mm. of other people as well um and that's kind of that's you know you have some unknown territory there they could die they could get I don't, something else might happen to them uh so you do have some unknowns but it is also about like you said just seeing well he is Sol goodman now he's like fully Sol goodman in these uh first yeah. episodes but uh seeing that transition and seeing like kind of the start of that and everything so uh it's good stuff uh let's take a gr- uh, quick break we'll go into some housekeeping and then we'll come back and talk about uh some more in-depth uh better call soul stuff we'll see you for that in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, continuing with my streaming service reviews, I've reviewed Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, of course, and uh, Now TV, the entertainment pass of the side of Now TV. Uh, next week, I'm going to be taking a look at all four, and then within the next couple of weeks, uh, Disney, or within the next month or so, Disney Plus will be out. Uh, what I'm going to do when Disney Plus comes out, 
on the March 24th is use it for a week and then review it a week later rather than, you know, reviewing it on the same day that it comes out just so that I can spend a little bit more time with it. Uh, there's still things like All 4, Demand 5, ITV Hub, uh, iPlayer and eventually Stars Play. So uh, have a look out for those. Um, so something a little bit different. Um, what happened to Riverdale did a podcast yesterday just discussing, you know, show it, it was good in its first season. Simple, at least. And uh, I don't think you can say that anymore about what uh, Riverdale has become. So just uh, not a review per se in any in any way, shape or form. Just a discussion on like how they got to this weird place that they're at now for, for Riverdale on CW and Netflix. If you do want to watch that show, I suppose. Uh, but did a podcast on that as well. Uh, United cast, Man United beat Watford 3-0 at home pretty comfortably. Uh, which was nice to see. Uh, and Bruno Fernandes showed another masterclass of performance. Uh, so that was great to see as well. We play against Club Bruges uh, tomorrow on Thursday in the Europa League. And it's a must-win game, pretty much. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, I'll possibly review the Europa League game on Friday. And then, of course, we travel, I believe, we're away to Everton on Sunday for another big, important game. There's only about 11 games left of the season. So it's time to uh, start getting as many points as possible. Uh, and I'll be back on uh, probably at least Monday to talk about the Everton game. So we'll, I'll be discussing that as well. Uh, let's play Sundays for Doom VR. That was interesting stuff. Uh, random gaming talk last week. We talked about Ubisoft. They are promising uh, five AAA video games between now and April 2021. So me and Robert discussed and speculated on what those five games could be. Some are a bit more obvious than others, but uh, we shall wait and see. We talked about Insomniac. They have been put, they were recently purchased by Sony, and uh, the price re- was revealed. It was 229 million dollars uh, for them. So we discussed that, and we also discussed uh, Pax East. Uh, Sony and uh, Naughty Dog have dropped out because of the coronavirus concerns. So. There's some Ah. interesting stuff there. Um, Yeah, I think it's this weekend, uh, PAX East. So, yeah, we'll see what that's like. Uh, A couple of film reviews, 1917 film review. um, That's, of course, the war film. That was really, really good stuff. Spoiler free and spoiler split. Uh, Discussion with new co-host podcast. uh, Me and Barry, the new co-host, discussed DC Horror and The Stranger. Uh, What do you think of that? A new co-host on Entertainment Talk. Yeah, very good. Cool. Uh, We've got more people. Yeah, uh, we're going to be doing uh, some other podcasts as well, uh, so look out for those in the future. Uh, Parasite Film Review, another Oscar. Well, th- that one uh, did win Oscar, the the uh, Best Picture, so that was good as well. Uh, Amazon Prime Review, as I've already discussed. And, of course, we are also doing uh, The Walking Dead UK Podcast. Look out for that later today as well. Um, so, yeah, that's what's been happening on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Fast forward, uh, Gene, after being discharged from the hospital, becomes paranoid, he's already paranoid, um, about being followed and spends a few days away from uh, Omaha, I believe that's how you say that name, uh, of that place, uh, but returns back to his normal life when he finds no one following him. Um, However, he is soon identified as Sol Goodman by Jeff, the cab driver. That was the thing from last season, wasn't it? The the, um, first Gene scene of uh, season four, when he had the cab scene. Yeah, him, I believe that was last season. So this is the same guy. He's tracked him down and knows him as Saul Goodman uh, instead of Gene. Um, yeah, to, the cab driver that took him home from the hospital, who had uh, formerly lived in Albuquerque. Uh, Saul calls um, Ed, the disappearer guy, uh, who's Robert Foster, of course, uh, about making new arrangements to basically what do another disappearer sort of thing. Uh, but decides in the middle of the call to face the situation himself and tells him not to worry about another meeting, basically. Um, yeah, just like some really intense, uncomfortable scenes for, uh, I guess, Gene in, in this scene. I mean, he's still Jimmy McGill. That's 
you know, his actual name, but he's Gene in, in this part. And this guy is like coming up to him, and there's this guy behind him, and uh, he's trying to get him to do the hey, so so uh, better call soul kind of thing, uh, which mm. was his uh, lawyer kind. That was his like line thing, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And you can you can just see as soon as this guy comes over to uh, to Gene that like he's like oh shit this guy's like tracked me down and uh, recognizes him from before and all that and tries to just like push him away and say oh you know you you're mixing me up for somebody else so um, yeah what do you think of these uh, Gene scenes I suppose it's interesting because y- you're not quite sure whether this cab driver is more than just a, happen, a cab driver that happens to recognize him as Sol. Or there, there was something in the way that he was pressuring him to sort of say it and admit the fact that he was um, Sol or Jimmy or, you know, <laughs> the, the guy that he knew that from Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was something about the way he was doing that that, that makes you uneasy about whether he is actually... You know, he does know more that, than he's letting on rather than just thinking, hey, that's that's the guy off that was on the all the billboards in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. So, you, I, yeah, it's difficult to tell whether whether this is, is something more or literally just the fact that he happens to have been recognized. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to say, see where that actually goes. Unfortunately, we'll probably not find out until the start of next season, um, which presumably will be the conclusion of this story if they follow form i would assume unless so, next season's supposed to be the last one as well so yeah they kind of have to in a way so it's whether that they conclude that in the opening of it or whether we then get some conclusion to this right at the very end maybe hmm. whether whether they're going to end the whole thing with gene or whether they're going to end it with soul it's hard to say I, th- I think the best thing to do, and the thing that I would prefer, obviously I'm not Vince or Peter, so I have no control, um, but uh, I think if you if you go through roughly, let's say roughly halfway or just over halfway um, through season six, through next season, because most of this, the rest of this season is probably just going to be Sol Goodman stuff. Um, mm. And no gene stuff. Um, I think Probably if not. I think if you if you conclude like okay, what happens to Kim? What happens to Nacho? Uh, conclude, you know, this the Sol Goodman's part of the story in some way, and then go to where he becomes Gene, and then or, or whatever, and then and then you just conclude uh, the Gene because that's you know the furthest in the future. Yeah, stuff that we have. Uh, it it kind of just makes sense to me if you if you conclude what 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 we have in I suppose present day, which obviously is kind of the past. Um, with you know, with, with everybody, not necessarily with like Mike and Gus, because we sort of know what happens with them. But people like Nacho and Kim, who we don't know about, and then conclude Soul's story in some sort of way, uh, pre Breaking Bad, and then you just you just do the rest of Gene's scenes, and then we find out what yeah. actually happens to well Jimmy McGill, I suppose. Um, would yeah. make sense to me. Uh, but no, I thought all these scenes were brilliant, and I love the black and white kind of filter for the flash forwards. I remember mm. Arrow did have black and white for its flash forwards. I don't think Lost did, did it? Um, did Arrow, yeah, not all of not, not all of Arrow's flash all. forwards were black and white. There, M- most of them I think were. Some of them. No, they weren't. Weren't they? No, they weren't. No. No. I'm sure some no. of them were. Maybe maybe bits of them were, yeah, yeah. Maybe bits of them were. But. Um, but yeah, I don't remember Lost having uh, you know, black and white uh, flash forwards as well. So, uh, but it's cool to see. It's you know, it gives a bit of a different sort of visual and and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, be exciting to see what they do with Gene. Do you think we won't see him now until next season, Gene specifically? I 
given the way they've done it previously, I, I think we may see the next time we'll see him will probably be in the season opener. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think, yeah, that they'll probably run through the whole season. And then I, I suspect we'll see more of Gene towards the end of that season as well, because I, I think it will be weird to open the season by ending that Gene storyline entirely. Mm. Um, you know, because as you say, that is the sort of last place that we see what happened to Jimmy. Yeah. So chronologically, that would make sense as well. If we finish. Yeah. Yes. It it would make more sense to finish on Gene in some way. So, but I mean, you know, we'll have to see what, where they, where they go with it, but yep. Yeah. We might have to wait another year, (laughs) but uh, there you go. So uh, let's move on to main story. Jimmy explains to Kim, his decision to use Sol Goodman as his legal firm, uh, as, yeah, as his legal firm, as his cell phone uh, clients already know him by that name. Uh, but Kim remains confused by Jimmy's plans. She does. I mean, we got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, with with Kim and her kind of emotions and feelings towards everything in this kind of episode. Uh, Jimmy starts um, working with his legal uh, angle into his pitches for cell phones that he sells. Uh, to the more seedier population of Albuquerque by calling himself Magic Man based on his uh, defense of Huel. Um, yeah, let's quickly talk about... Um, I mean, Kim's kind of a bit all over the place at the moment just because uh, because of, like... She, she's kind of confused about, like, Jimmy's attitude towards things, this sudden, like, change, and, like, okay, you're using... He's explained that, okay, the, the McGill name is just kind of too tainted to use at this point with Chuck and with everything that happened with, with Jimmy himself... Um, if you notice when he, when he goes to sign his, uh, is it his new lawyer? Yeah. Sheet thing, he signs it as Jimmy, I think it's Jimmy Sol Goodman McGill. Um, so I wonder if that's any hint towards like maybe someone finding him or, or something like that. Um, Mm. I don't know. So, but yeah, how do you feel? What do you think about, um, I guess more specifically Kim's emotions in this episode? Um, I mean, yeah, Kim. Kim's interesting because she sort of flips backwards and forwards between. Um, yeah, we've seen her in some seasons where she's perfectly happy to go along with these kind of scams and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and we do see it later in this episode where she kind of does end up using a technique, which which uh, you know, Jimmy suggests, but she she clearly wants to be the better lawyer and wants to be the sort of one that's on the straight and narrow path and, and doing everything right and in the right way and not using sneaky tricks and stuff. Um, so I get where she can, where she's coming from. It was interesting to see Jimmy explain to Kim his reasoning for using the name. And, and it, I, I don't know whether he's, trying to convince himself or whether he genuinely believes that that's his reason for doing it. Um, you know, the, the idea of using Sol Goodman because there are potentially a lot of clients out there that know him as Sol Goodman. I mean, that, that sort of makes sense actually, you know, mm-hmm. given that the client base that he's been selling and the fact that as he says, you know, otherwise I've basically wasted a year. You, you know, I've, I've got all these people that have been buying cell phones off me. They know him as that. And it's very changed my name to Sol Goodman. Then, they you know they they will know me as that so um i i kind of i'm sort of with jimmy on this it actually makes sense plus the whole thing about if i carry on using the mcgill name i'm basically just seen as chuck's 
annoying, less successful younger brother. Yeah. And trading off that name. So I yeah, I am actually sort of with Jimmy on this. I actually think that the the whole changing the name thing makes quite a lot of sense. Um and I, I think one of the things that's throwing Kim is the fact that, you know, he he did that's completely not what he said to get his license back. Is when he actually stood up in court at the end of last season, he was like, you know, I wanna be proud and and, you know, carry on this the the sort of McGill name and, and you know, in Chuck's memory and this sort of thing. Uh, I, I think it's that sort of immediate switch because bear in mind this scene plays pretty much almost directly after that. Pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. So yes, I think that's why her head's spinning a bit from it. Um, yeah, I also just yeah. think she's not quite sure on where Jimmy himself is going. Just like with with these practices, with the name change, mm. and just like his attitude as well. Because obviously his attitude is starting to to change yeah. more to Soul Goodman, and she's just clearly not comfortable with it and doesn't really know what to do about it. Like she still loves this man and still wants yeah. to like you know has a, have a have a uh, successful life with him but, but she throughout this episode she's clearly very like uncomfortable not sure what to do mm. and just overall a bit confused about like okay this man is changing nothing nothing terrible has happened yet but it could and like what do i do about that sort of thing that's the yeah. kind of uh i guess vibe is the only word coming to mind to use i i think the interesting thing with the way that um that they're playing this as well uh is i don't think that jimmy is entirely sure about you know where he's going he seems to be you know it sort of makes sense in his head but as i said i i don't know whether he's he genuinely believes things like the name change are are um you know the the reasons that he gave kim for the name change are are the reasons he's doing it or, or whether there there is something else going on and he's just trying to find his way and i i don't think he's entirely sure and comfortable you know, with the idea, but it's the thing that makes most sense to him, mm-hmm. and and it, it's it's really lovely the way that's that's being played, um, and I, I I think that's a really nice bit of acting as well, you know, because you you get this with the way Bob Odenkirk is playing the character, I, I you you get that sort of sense of of him not being entirely sure about where his future is going, but this seems like the right path for him right now. So that's what he's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, finding these people uh, more interested in his phones. He uses the film crew to push the legal angle into the courthouse to get business. While there, he runs into Kim, who is trying to convince her uh, pro bono client to take a five month uh, plea bargain with the state rather than to take a, uh, trial option which could result in a longer sentence uh but uh has a slim chance to let him off um free which he seems more interested in uh pursuing uh jimmy takes kim aside suggesting they could uh con her client to make um him take the deal but kim flatly refuses and orders jimmy to go away leave i'll see you later sort of thing um after returning to her client and taking a moment she uh, lies and follows on Jimmy's uh, con to make the client accept the plea uh, bargain. Uh, she soon steps into a stairwell alone, frustrated at herself uh, for letting Jimmy talk her into the con. Um, 
yeah a lot of interesting stuff here he's really kind of mm. like hey i could like have this chance and she's like maybe but you really shouldn't do this and uh you see like okay he's got this uh e- either wife or girlfriend his partner uh yeah. pregnant they've already got a child so obviously that's gonna you know a lot of finances and time and you know a lot you know he has to look after them and whatnot and if he goes to prison he's not gonna be able to do that and you can kind of see well you see it in the whole scene obviously and then um yeah i thought it was just really interesting them kind of um clashing i suppose and then just uh, what what caught me most obviously you got the interesting stuff with like okay is it w- what's he gonna choose to do he can only take uh kim's you know his his lawyer's advice but what's he actually gonna choose to do and then just um i think in in more of an interesting character development sense just seeing this kind of exhausted kim after all this confrontation and she's trying to convince his client and she's mm. clashing with jim clashing with jimmy and then get frustrated at him and obviously continues from everything we've kind of just discussed about where they're both going in their lives really and uh him trying to sort of con the client and she's not comfortable with that and then just her kind of not really breaking down but just having this like okay i need to breathe i'm frustrated this this that that moment with kim i found really really mm. quite interesting the interesting bit i found in this is when uh jimmy and kim are having that conversation mm-hmm. and it's again it's very ambiguous about whether he knows what he's doing because they're having uh, it's it's not clear that they're having this argument over to one side and you can see that the guy sat on the bench with the pregnant girlfriend and it's not clear whether jimmy realizes that raising his voice slightly and having that argument slightly louder mm-hmm. um will will prick the ears up of the client <laughs> and him go uh, what was that about? Uh, and whether Kim then, you know, he know he he knows Kim well enough that she'll go screw it and just and, and go with Jimmy's idea. It's you know uh, because of the fact that the clients overheard it and uh, you know that that's the sort of so it's it's whether Jimmy's kind of forcing the con on her without her really realizing because the client overheard it. And that sort of forced her into kind of taking that route. I mean, ultimately, she could have said, no, no, it was nothing. Mm-hmm. But whether he kind of knows her well enough to know she's actually going to take that option. And it's it's not. And, and then later on, they have this conversation about, uh, you know, when they're back at the house, they have the conversation about, oh, oh, he took the deal. Oh, OK. Oh, that's good. You know, um, I'm surprised he took it. You know, and he acts kind of all innocent about it. But. So it, it's that ambiguousness of, of whether he knew what he was doing at that point, whether it was just a conversation which was between the pair of them uh, and he was suggesting this idea or whether he was actively having that conversation slightly too loud, emphasizing certain words so the client overhears it, which then pushes Kim into the position of actually doing what she did. Um, so... But again, it isn't it isn't entirely clear whether Jimmy was doing that intentionally or not. So I, I kind of get the feeling that Jimmy did that intentionally, knowing that Kim would probably go, screw it, I'm going to lie 
and and go with what the con was. So I, that would be my gut feeling, but it's never explicitly stated. And it's it's again, it's a beautiful bit of of acting from Barbara Odenkirk, where you're never quite sure whether he's actually pushing that pushing an actual con or whether he's being genuine. Mm-hmm. So it it's a really lovely bit of work that that for me was the most inter- interesting bit of that scene. Yeah, no, I I agree. That's quite an interesting part of it, just in terms of like he's speaking up slightly at certain parts and then slightly yeah. lower. And like this client clearly is trying to this. I can't remember the guy's name, but this this guy is clearly trying to sort of listen in, and he can probably hear some of the conversation, but not all of it. And then that just kind of uh, Jimmy trying to trick him to ultimately kind of confuse him in a certain yeah. way, because like he can hear parts of the conversation, but not all of it. And then he's trying to read obviously like body language and. You know, yeah, comes back and, so, and says, you know, what was that all yeah, about? But ultimately, it is still Kim's decision about whether she decides to yeah. like the client or not. Uh, and it's, but it, it isn't entirely clear where, you know, because they're, they're not actually doing the con at that point. Jimmy's suggesting the con to Kim. And, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he's also setting that con in motion. So it it's just but but it's it's ambiguous to the audience about whether he he has actually um done yeah you know, whether he's actively doing that or not or whether it's it's something else yeah you know, whether he's just supposed to be having a conversation with Kim I I, I just think that's it's a wonderful bit of writing it's a beautiful bit of acting so yeah yeah um for for me it is also you know like I said about the the moment with Kim after after everything's yeah. happened and she's kind of. Again, like I said, I think she's just confused about where Jimmy's going, what that means for her, and ultimately, you know, both pro- uh, professionally and and personally in their relationship and their lawyer careers, what that sort of means. So, yeah, two very good uh, kind of scenes connecting together, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's really good stuff. Uh, Lalo, 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 I think Lalo, Lalo. Uh, still yeah. wondering about Werner's identity. Learns of issues with quality of some of the cocaine they distrib- distribute uh, from Nacho. He finds parts of the drug supply are not from the cartel and goes to meet with Gus and Juan. I think that's his name. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gus uses the opportunity to create a cover story for Werner, uh, claiming that uh, he was um, constructing a chicken uh, chilling system at the chicken farm under Mike's supervision, but had uh, fled after stealing some of the cartel's cocaine before Mike had caught him. Uh, so yeah, uh, Lalo. I'm gonna call him Lalo until somebody else tells me something else. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, interesting for him to kind of be getting involved and stuff. If I, if I remember correctly, wasn't he introduced sort of to the end of last season, and now he's kind of getting involved with like you know Gus and the cartel and and wondering about you know Ver- Werner and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's interesting stuff at the moment. He's a very kind of compelling and interesting character. Um, obviously he's kind of just trying to. Uh, stick his nose in and Gus is trying to obviously divert him and everything and uh, with the help of Mike so um, yeah some interesting kind of clashes and uh, I suppose rivalries in a way so what do you think of these uh, Lalo scenes or that um, first one at least yeah Lalo is is a is an interesting character because again he's another one that we don't know exactly what um, yeah, where he ends up because I don't think he's around later on, as far as I remember. I don't remember um, him being around <clears> either. Because the the older Salamanca obviously is there because yeah, we he's the guy in the wheelchair and we now know how he ended up in the wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I rather suspect that Lalo might not make it to the end of this season. 
<laughs> the way things are going. Yeah. Um, because as I say, I don't think he's he's a character that shows up in Breaking Bad. So uh, yeah, it's this is he's sort of a another obstacle, and it it will. I I think he's a step on the way to how Gus is solidifying his power. I think, mm. um, and they've got to get him out of the way. And uh, but I am intrigued to see what ends up happening with Nacho. I I mean, yeah, that that's going to be uh, an interesting one because again Nacho's not somebody that's around in Breaking Bad either so I, I I wonder whether he's gonna either get away I would like to see him get away somehow me too yeah he's certainly but, one um, of the nicer guys in this in yeah, this cartel for, group for a, for a, yeah for, for a drug lord yes right um, yes yeah. But yes, he's he's one of the guys that you sort of you kind of rooting for him. You want him to be able to kind of get away at the end of it. Um and whether he will or not, I don't know. But clearly he's not around in breaking bad, so so he's either managed to get away somewhere or he's um or or they've killed him off by the end of it. But uh yeah, Lalo uh, the the Salabanca I think is he's probably not going to make it to the end of this season. I just the way things are going. You don't want to be on, you don't want to be on the wrong side of Gus. No. That seems to be where he's placed himself at the moment. Yeah. Um not even what the white wanted to be. So. No. No, uh, and uh so yeah, I think the the whole uh, the, the Gus sort of making up the cover story for what had happened with whatever and, and you know, the idea of a chicken chilling system and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> that is, you know, I mean, Lalo you know, clearly sees through it, but yes, um, it's, it's, a, it's a believable lie, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and just another shout out to uh, Jean, is it John Carlo Espinito? Is that how you say his name? Uh, Gus, just... That the acting from him is is yeah. is something else. So I mean, everybody else is great in the show, and like we said, Bob Odenkirk's doing some good stuff. Uh, Ray Ray Seahorn is doing some uh, good stuff. But there's something just the performance that Giancarlo is required to to play as Gus is just something different, and uh, it it impresses me all the time. I mean, everybody else does, but uh, you know what I mean. It's it's just something. It's a different type of character as kind of compared to everybody else. So yeah. he's doing a great job again. Um, Gus claims that he had to replace the stolen cocaine with inferior meth purposely, uh, purposed locally, sorry. Uh, Lalo, uh, remains suspicious but accepts Gus's story, uh, though through Juan, uh, privately warns Lalo that the cartel trusts Gus and, uh, to consider the matter closed. Gus has Mike, um, pay Werner's men in full and send them back home. Uh, as well as to steal the super lab while Lalo is present, while he has seen, um, while he has seen to assure uh, Werner's window is compensated to all um, to close all loose ends, and then we'll leave the uh, we'll we'll leave the Gus and Mike conversation to the next bit of discussion. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. You know the guy who um, he was wearing a British Dortmund shirt last season. The guy who was like causing loads of problems last season wasn't he one of the guys that was sent back wasn't he the one that like mike punched or whatever i in in the scene i think i think that was the same guy um yeah he had the uh, german team uh, dortmund their shirt on last season i think um yeah couple uh, last season um yeah just kind of sending them away and everything and uh trying to get lalo uh, off the scent i thought all these uh scenes were, were quite interesting and obviously they have to they send them away and you know mike's your your guy for for doing that sort of thing that's not where gus is yeah. really gonna quite get his hands dirty but um 
you know, Mike's there to kind of work for Gus and do these sorts of things, and uh, he's great at doing them. So I thought they were a couple of couple of, another couple of uh, great scenes here. What do you think? Yeah, of, um, yeah, no, getting sent away. Great scenes. Uh, should, I should shout out to Stefan Kapanik, who is the uh, the the guy that came up to to Mike and sort of said, you know, he was worth ten of you. Uh, that was Stefan Kapanik, who is the voice of uh, Colossus in Deadpool. If you uh, if oh. you didn't know that as well, okay. um, yes, we've I've interviewed him in the past. He's a, a hilarious and uh, lovely, lovely guy. But um, yes, the 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 guy that uh, who's one of the workers. He's also the the guy that voices and plays um, does the motion capture for Colossus in Deadpool. But um, yeah, so it was it was great to to see them. Sad to see Stefan go, but uh, you know it was. I'm glad that that all those guys got away clean, as far as we could tell. Uh, you had Gus covering with the uh, Verna's widow, saying that she was in the he was in a construction accident and mm. you know compensated her for it. So you know, um, yes, uh, I mean did, Mike didn't see over uh, you know overly happy about that whole kind of set up an idea but you know um yeah, at least it's it's a cartel sort of, business for you I yeah suppose. yeah it's sort of done and dusted and yeah it's i, I i'm just happy that they didn't kill any more of those guys because they were only there doing a job you know yeah that's true some of them might not have been as good as they should have been but they were doing just doing their job so mm. uh let's talk about this mike gus thing uh, gus offers to continue to pay mike while they wait out uh lalo uh but mike disgusted with gus's lack of lack lack of compassion towards uh, Verna tells Mike tells Gus sorry uh, he can keep his retainer and uh, walks off in in the mood I suppose um, yeah really interesting clash between like I mean when you think of characters in Breaking Bad that have things to lose obviously Gus you know with his whole empire Mike with um, what Stacy and um, his is it yeah the daughter and granddaughter isn't it yes his granddaughter isn't it yeah his, I think. his yeah. family yeah uh, yes them that could you know be, be under threat or whatever obviously Walter White with his family Jesse with a couple of things I suppose um yeah it's kind of I, I mean I, I do like seeing when uh you know we saw Walter White do it in Breaking Bad when people try to stand up a bit more to Gus and that's not quite maybe what Mike is doing he's more kind of just saying okay I'm not I, I'm sort of against you but like I'm not threatening you, but it's it's my, it's his way of just saying, like, yeah. okay, just 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 keep you can you can Mike, keep this kind yeah, of yeah. Mike's Mike's not the type of guy that will just roll over. Yeah, uh, and yeah. I I like the fact that he's prepared to to sort of show that he's not scared of Gus. Mm. You know that that he will. I, and to be fair, I think Mike, if backed into a corner, could probably take Gus out if he wanted to. You know, so. And whilst Gus is he's kind of quite big and quite scary, I think Mike could find a way of taking Gus out if he really wanted to without it blowing back on him. So, um, but he knows it's a precarious situation. So, I, I, you know, he does the diplomatic thing of saying, you know, keep your money, I'm not interested, and just walks away. So, we'll, yeah. we'll see where that ends up going. Because Gus but, even kind of says to him, like, choose your, in the, you know, excellent kind of uh, evil Gus way, like, choose your next words very, very carefully. And that's sort of like, oh, what's what's Mike going to say next? I thought that was really yeah. cool. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, that's the end of this first episode. Let's just transition straight to the second one. Uh, season five, episode two, fifty percent off. Of course, that's following the whole um, 
uh, ma- magic man sort of stuff with the yes. whole fifty percent off. I've run out of phones, uh, the speed dial kind of thing, uh, which I thought was great as well. Uh, obviously, the whole heel um, thing with the, the magic man uh, nickname. Uh, what do you think of the second episode? Um, it, uh, another fabulous episode. It's wonderful writing. I like how they ended up tying these sort of two things together of the sort of whole fifty percent off, and and you kind of start this episode by picking up midway through the the scene where he's handing the phones out. Um, and then you see these two idiots kind of go off and like, oh, great, you know, 50% off. That means we can basically do whatever we like. And they go on this massive bender. So um, I, I really like that. I, I just thought that was really nicely tied together and how they sort of bring that round to the place getting raided and we see the DEA show up. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I... I, I just like how it, they tied everything together with this episode. I thought is it is a two. I can see why they wanted to release this as a two-parter as well. It makes sense. Do you, do you think they did that because because usually Better Call Saul is on Monday on AMC and then next day Netflix UK. That's mm. how we watch it. Obviously, do you think they did that because The Walking Dead is back and they wanted to do a sort of like hey if you you know uh, uh, up next I, Better Call Saul sort of thing? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think certainly they are going to want to tie the two shows together and will ride one into the other. Uh, yeah. You know, as, as we all know, there is a connection between the two shows because the zombie apocalypse was created by the blue meth. But, Apparently you know, so. <laughs> yes. So we know that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Never confirmed by Kirkman, but uh, we'll talk about it <laughs> later, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought this was a great episode. I really liked just the, the little change of pace. Cause this episode does focus a lot more on Nacho and the whole cartel stuff. And yeah. this, uh, uh, this pipe kind of thing with the drugs and the DEA coming in. I I remember when um, there's a little part of the episode where obviously where the, the DEA show up and Nacho's doing this uh, jumping across the buildings and all mm. that, and uh, you know Lalo's just sitting there watching with popcorn. That was great. Um, and uh, this kind of you could see it a little bit from the distance. It's you know dark. It's from a bit of a distance. It's a little bit more difficult to see. This um, white kind of bald ish guy got yeah, out I was of the trying van, to and, that I, like, and yeah. I was like, is that Hank? And then that, uh, obviously I, I, it wasn't. So well, I, we didn't actually see his face. I thought that was mm. Hank. Yeah. I, I mean, because you only see him from the back from a distance. I think that was supposed to be Hank. I, I, I mean, I don't know whether it was Dean Norris or whether it was a stand-in, but I, I'm fairly sure that was supposed to be Hank. Because you, I mean, you know, they didn't introduce him on screen, but I, I, it feels like a very Breaking Bad thing, like you know, or Better Call Saul thing to do of just having that character there. Uh, whether it was actually Dean Norris in that shot, but I think that was supposed to be Hank because he was certainly the right build and, you know, bald head and yeah. So I, I think that probably was supposed to be Hank and we know that Hank shows up later this season. So mm-hmm. that would have um, been, yeah, that would have been like a really, because uh, obviously this officer does go over and confront uh, Crazy Eight about right. the whole drug stuff. And I, I did think like, oh, is that going to be literally the way they introduce Mm. Uh, hank into it like he's going to be the guy to talk to him but uh yeah a li- little bit of a, a teaser for i suppose later in the season but yes. uh i thought i i didn't notice anyone who looked a bit like uh gomi but uh i guess we'll we'll, we'll we'll see them later anyway so yeah yeah um great episode we'll get into we don't have any uh, uh break to, to go into so we'll just go straight into the recap uh nacho is brought to gas by victor obviously you already talked about the um the the bender that these two guys go on the fifty yeah. percent off and uh what what so they were drinking doing drugs they got in a car they were blasting music um they, any, they, any other notable things that they did uh no they they like were smashing up windows on cars I think yeah, yeah. um 
Yeah. So, I mean, they, they just went nuts. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and obviously woke up with uh, probably quite the hangover next morning. Mm. So uh, Nacho is brought anyway uh, to Gus by Victor and Tyrus in the middle of the night. Nacho claims he had switched the drugs, uh, the drug product as requested. But Gus um, wants him to find a way to make uh, Lalo trust him. Uh, threatening to kill Nacho's father otherwise. Meanwhile, um, otherwise, uh, meanwhile, Lalo confirms uh, from Hector that Gus is protected by the cartel as long as he continues to bring in drug money. This reminded me, this is, I am about to bring up a Breaking Bad spoiler, but I am assuming everybody has seen Breaking Bad first yeah, and then watches this as so. a prequel. Yes. So it, this kind of reminds me of, um, you know, at the end of season yeah, five, when uh, Jesse is being held back and his, his girlfriend is killed. It's kind of reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of that, where it's like Nacho's being held back and then the family's being threatened. Obviously, the family doesn't get killed. Uh, in this scene but you do you do have this feeling like okay um i think it's tyrus that goes in the building um i thought we were just gonna go in there shoot all five or six of them and then just just walk out kind of thing but uh, obviously yeah we, obviously we see a bit of a uh diversion it was more of a threat than an actual you know killing itself and uh gus gets into the car as menacing as he always is and uh just like it's like we like we kind of put it out Gus isn't the physical kind of villain. He's, he's more no. like, okay, I'm going to get my guys to hold you while I give you this speech about, like, okay, if you don't do this, I'm going to come for you, and you'll look at his face and you'll believe every word he's saying. Mm. Uh, that that kind of thing. So, interesting stuff. I mean, you know, some villains are more kind of physical and whatever, and they're still pretty uh, cool and intimidating, but uh, you still wouldn't want to get on the bad side of Gus. So, um, no. yeah, what do you think of this uh, intimidation scene towards uh, Nacho? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the, I I do wonder if that was a callback to to the uh, other scene that you know the Breaking Bad scene you mentioned. Mm. But yes, you yeah. weren't entirely sure where this was going to go. Um, but yeah, it makes sense as a sort of intimidation threat of Nacho's father rather than actually kind of him just going and killing everybody because I don't think that would have done you know Gus any good because. Mm. Yeah, Nacho's not going to cooperate if you actually start killing off his family members for no apparent reason. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting one that as I I love Gus as a villain, as you say, he's not a physical person, although he can be and he has been. Um, he's not generally you know he's he rules by fear rather than like physical intimidation, (laughs) yeah, and uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. it's uh, it's good stuff, but um. Mm. Yeah, very intimidating for Nacho. And of course, he, you know, like we said, he could die at any moment. Um, I didn't expect him to die there. I more expected his family to die. But uh, you yeah. never know. So yeah, uh, we shall see. Um, all right, let's move on to the next bit. Uh, at one of the Salamanca uh, distribution houses, the drain pipe used to send drugs to the buyers gets blocked by an excessive uh, large order placed by two people that had uh, taken up one of Jimmy's 50% off uh, Sol Goodman offers to spend extra cash on drugs obviously trying to take advantage of said 50% like we've said um, yeah we, we've already kind of discussed these guys a bit but you know they get uh, their drugs because they ask for is it 10 or something and then the guy puts up like a 5 on his hand and that woman right. tries to like send drugs down and it gets stuck and stuff so I yeah. kind of wonder because you do see I can't remember if it was a little bit earlier in the episode, this episode, or the I think it was in the first episode. You do see a couple of people go over to it and get drugs out, and obviously it gets stuck. So, um, yeah, so they uh, offer offers to spend extra money, uh, extra cash on drugs. Uh, Lalo sends um, 
Domingo, who has um, been dubbed uh, Crazy 8 due to uh, a bad poker hand to deal with. Um, as Domingo fiddles with the drain pipe, uh, the police arrive because he's sort of, what's it, is he like unscrewing it or something like that? Like trying to just sort of loosen it up or whatever and then the police officer arrive. Uh, curious to his actions as he demonstrates he is repairing the drain pipe. Probably shouldn't have tapped it. Um... Like if he's a, I, I don't know, he probably could have gotten away with that in some way, shape or form. Uh, but uh, the stack of uh, drugs falls out. Uh, what do you think of um, Crazy 8 getting caught here? Have we seen Crazy 8 prior to this? I can't remember. I mean, I don't cra- I he's, he's a Breaking Bad character. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, we. I, I can't remember whether we've seen him. Um, oh, this is his first appearance of, uh, and, you know, the origin of his name and stuff, uh, you know, for, for Better Call Saul. I can't remember that we've seen him in Better Call Saul before, but he is he is a character that shows up later, earlier, later in Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I, I like this scene because, again, it ties in, it ties this storyline together of, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's unknown consequences of the fact that he mm, was giving these 50% yeah. off vouchers and that's, like, screwed things up unknowingly. <laughs> On both sides, you know, they don't know that that it's Jimmy's offer that screwed up things for the cartel. Um, the cartel don't know that it was Jimmy's offer that caused this in the first place. So, um, I, but I like the fact that it's sort of connected in that way. That's that's great. Because yeah, Jim, uh, Jimmy has no idea this is happening. No, so. no, no. Jimmy and the cartel have no idea why these guys were suddenly ordering stupid amounts of drugs. Um, <laughs> So, but I yeah. like I like the fact that that's you know Jimmy's actions had these sort of unintended consequences. Um, the uh, uh, the the whole thing about the sort of drugs going down the drain pipe, which of course I mean if, if you've watched any other shows about drugs, you know the reason that they do that is because they there's there's laws about if you're holding certain amounts of money and certain amounts of drugs in in the US, if you're caught with both at the same time. Um, then the charge is different to if the drugs are in one place and the money's somewhere else, which is why one guy takes the money while the drugs come from a different location. Okay. Um, so, uh, which, I mean, you should probably know that if you've been watching things like The Wire, because it's the same thing that they do with The Wire as well. It's like you have, you know, that you'll have one guy take money on a corner while the drugs are handed out by another guy around another corner, you know. So uh, that's the reason why they do it and why the drugs are coming down the drain pipe in the first place. Uh, plus, it means that you can keep the drugs in a secure location. In yeah. in this particular instance, you can keep them so to stop people going and raiding them. So it means that all you've lost is the cash, not the actual drugs. If somebody gets somebody stupid enough to try and take out the corner guy, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I but I I just I love the whole the the whole thing with these two guys who are just like completely nuts and totally screwing everything, which is great, and it sets off this interesting chain of events later on. So yeah, um, I mean, because he he's doing something with like the screwdriver and that, and then he comes down off the ladder, obviously, and he's like, accident. I think <sighs> he goes to tap, obviously, this um, this this pipe thing. And that's obviously what loosens the the drugs and gets him caught. I mean, if he'd have done pretty much anything else, maybe he wouldn't have gotten caught. Although, do you think the police would have just checked the the thing anyway? Maybe, right? Because um, I mean, that you know, they hadn't, they didn't know exactly what he was up there for until the drug. No, they might have their suspicions on that, but like. Yeah, I mean, he may have got away with that if he hadn't tapped, tapped uh, things. Oh, he has. <clears throat> Crazy Eight has has been around since season two, actually. So we have 
seen bits and pieces of him um, over the last few seasons. But yes. Uh, but yeah, that was really good stuff. Um, moving on to some more of the crazy stuff in the episode. Uh, a police team prepares to raid the house while Nacho, Lalo and Nacho watch, knowing a full shipment of drugs are still inside. Nacho makes a last-minute rush to recover the supply before the police burst in. Uh, impressing Lalo the next day, uh, Lalo offers uh, Nacho breakfast as they talk about what to do with Domingo in jail. Uh, so a bit of a roof jumping, roof hopping, or whatever you want to call it, yeah. from... Uh, from Nacho and Lalo's just sitting there. I, I love this scene. Nacho's just um, yeah. Uh, Lalo's just sitting there with his popcorn, and everybody else is. Wait, he's like clearly not worried about anything because he probably thinks like, okay, if Nacho gets caught, I'm still here over uh, on the other side of the road or whatever in the car. Like they they don't mm. know that we're over here. Um, because that's the sense that you kind of get from Lalo is like, okay, he's he's fine probably with other people taking the rap for things. Like if Nacho took the rap here, because he's not he's not really that concerned about crazy eight in that moment i mean he's sitting there eating popcorn as if he's watching a film or whatever <laughs> watching a bit of uh of entertainment um which you know we're we're technically watching entertainment at the same time but uh different you know situation um but uh yeah what do you make of um nacho's little mission here i suppose yeah yeah the the sort of he's he's kind of uh jumping across the buildings i thought was great and i i I like this scene as well because you've got the two other guys in the car that are kind of sat there like really overjoyed of like oh my god he's gonna get himself caught and like and like you say he's almost sat there just kind of eating popcorn and and just watching um and uh thinking that nacho's gonna get pinched and presumably i mean you don't know at, at that point if Nacho got pinched, I, I'm not entirely sure whether he would have survived inside or whether Layla would have had him killed, like, had he got picked up, because would he trust him to keep his mouth shut? So, right, I mean, it was it... a really ballsy thing of Nacho to go and do to try and prove the point, but, yeah, mm. it was yeah, really cause good. Because they, they did kind of talk about, um, I think a little bit later, Na- uh, Nacho and Lala have a conversation and... Nacho yeah. kind of says like he won't don't worry he like won't talk or say anything because that's obviously one of the other worries if you're part of a cartel and you get arrested is uh, people might ask you questions and beat you up and do yeah well yes. whatever else to you so yeah. um yeah really good really great scene I love seeing uh Nacho because like you said he's one of the nicer characters in this cartel the one what the, the pretty much the one character we want to see succeed because like if Lalo dies fine if if Crazy Eight dies or whatever or, uh, any of the others die. I well, don't really yes. mind so much. Yeah. To, well, we you know, know we know Crazy Eight doesn't die because he shows up in Breaking Bad. So right. you know, we know in terms of yeah, yeah but yeah, I know, I know what you mean though. But yes, yeah, yeah I mean, this is going to be the interesting thing moving forward about you know what ends up happening to uh, to him, whether he ends up whether Nacho actually ends up making it out of the show alive and and just moving somewhere else. But uh, which I think is what we'd like to see, because whilst he's not a good guy, he's not that much of a bad guy either. He's just sort of trying to get through life, I think. Um, so, yes, I, I'm really interested to see where they put Nacho by the end of the uh, show. Yeah, because they could have just had like, hey, if that was actually, you know, Hank, he could have shown up and caught Nacho and that was Nacho written out of the show and that was the intro for yeah. Hank. They, they could have done that, but like obviously they've got uh, different plans for him. So yeah. uh, Stacy uh, calls uh, Mike to ask for him to watch uh, Kaylee for the uh, day at last minute, like kind of first thing in the first thing in the morning, can you get here now kind of thing. Uh, as Mike helps Kaylee build a treehouse, their talk turns into the subject of her father. Uh, though Kaylee asks innocent uh, 
questions of Mike's relationship with him. He becomes upset and yells at her and she stays in her room until Stacy returns later that night. She uh, didn't have a dinner apparently and he's going to leave as uh, Stacy of course gets there. Mm. Um I'm pretty sure this is building towards something else because this was yeah. kind of a sort of hey this let's just put Mike with uh with Kaylee for a scene and then have this like relationship have a you know an argument and then and then he's just kind of leaves and it, it, it it's sort of done so I'm expecting this to be a bit more of a kind of setup for something else uh, yeah I on. think you're right so, it seems a little out of place at the moment right. so um yeah I, I think you're probably right I think it's to show a fracture in that relationship because yeah as we know from later on Mike there's never any mention of Mike's family kind of when we get to the breaking bad era mike so i you do wonder whether his family is maybe killed at some point or whether they kind of move away and abandon him or i mm. yeah you don't don't know um or maybe they just that they're all okay and they're just not mentioned because there was no need to mention them in breaking bad we don't know um but yes this would point to some sort of fracture happening in that relationship and this going to get worse and maybe they end up leaving or moving or you know something so it 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 seemed a little out of place so there is some sort of setup going on there i think you're right yeah because it is just kind of because this sort of seems like the next morning after the gus conversation yeah maybe it's like a a couple of it can't be too much later after after that and just kind of like you know just get him get him over to the house and uh spending time with uh with kelly um a little bit out of place but not in terms of like okay what the hell is this doing in this scene i didn't feel like that it was just sort of like okay vince is probably vince and peter are probably building this for something later so i guess we'll just uh find out what it is uh still got a bunch of episodes left so yes Uh, as jimmy's business grows he suggests to kim about possibly uh buying a house together kim is still apprehensive about jimmy's intervention uh, in trying to con her client and asks him not to do it again. Jimmy pushes on the uh, prosecutors at the courthouse to try and turn over his uh, cases as quickly as possible and passes on a sincere offer uh, for a lunch meeting with Howard. Before we move any further forward, um, I quite like this little house scene with Jimmy and Kim. It might be one of the last few <laughs> happy scenes we have with them because obviously we mm. don't know what happens to, to Kim. Um, but yeah, just a fun little, I mean, this is really kind of bringing out a bit more of the comedic side of Jimmy, which is still in him. It's still there. He's still, yeah. uh, the comedic, one of the more comedic characters of Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul, if the only one who else is kind of funny in this, uh, well, universe, the, the, really. yeah, as, as regular characters, um, not many people, Nacho has, no, not many people, Nacho has his moments, but, um, they're, they're few and far between. I mean, ge- yeah, generally. And Mike, actually, I mean, unintentionally funny just by being grumpy as well <laughs> can be quite funny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there are there are these elements of kind of dark humour. But, yeah, I mean, Jimmy Sol is, is the, the sort of outwardly kind of you know, funnier character, I think, out of mm-hmm. all of them. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, you've got this kind of, you know, funny shower scene and then this woman says, like, oh, can you sign in? And it's, oh, we, you know, we'll do it when we come out. I don't think that they probably signed anything given no. the look of that, uh, is it a state agent she would be? Uh, re- realtor. Re- re- realtor. Realtor? Someone that sells yes, houses realtor. away. Yeah. Yes, in America, yes. Yeah, given her look at the end, they probably didn't sign anything. It just walked straight out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, a nice little comedic scene, possibly before something really bad happens. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you're starting to see these sort of fractures uh, again in in that relationship starting to form. And I mean, you know, Jimmy's Kimmy's upset with Jimmy uh, about the sort of con, but he on the surface didn't force her into doing anything. He suggested something. Mm. And it ultimately it was her that actually took it. And I think she's probably just more upset with herself for the fact that she she went down that route because it was the easier route to take. And ultimately was the right thing to do, actually. You know, because with the, the con, you know, in the previous episode, it's entirely right that he should have taken the five months rather than trying to go to, to trial. I think that was the right decision. Um, yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, she sort of had to kind of use the con to get him into doing it um and i think but that wasn't jimmy's fault i mean jimmy made a suggestion it was kim that ultimately did it so yeah. you know i think she's probably more upset with herself and the person that she turns into when she's with jimmy and i think that's the probably the more important point of she's realizing that he may be a bad influence on what she wants to be yeah she's not currently sure what to do about that i think yeah because she knows there's still a good guy in there but he's making some you know bad or weird decisions or decisions she's not comfortable with yes i I think more decisions she's not comfortable with because as you said it in actual fact through jimmy's logic of it it actually makes quite a lot of sense it's just you know she wants him to be this sort of upstanding respectable lawyer jimmy mcgill and he's like no i don't you know i i don't want to do that i that's no no fun i don't want to be a mcgill because of the the thing that you know it attaches me to the name and i don't want to be chuck's little brother um and known as that mm-hmm. so yeah i mean I, I, and all of that makes perfect sense actually so <clears throat> um yeah i'm i I, I, this is kind of interesting the way that they're playing this because Kim seems to be pulling away a bit and you can see her reasons for doing it, but it is more a case of Kim doesn't like the person she turns into, I think, when she's with this version of Jimmy. Although I think she does rather like this version of Jimmy as well. She just doesn't like the fact that she likes this version of Jimmy. Yeah, lots of uh, complicated feelings, I think mm. it's fair to say. So, uh, what do you think of the house? Quite nice. Oh, yeah, house is lovely. Um, yeah. Cost a fortune, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I love that Jimmy's like going in there, he's like, we'll put a TV here, we'll do this and that, we've got shelves, and he's already uh, planning, whilst Kim's like, hey, maybe one day, sort of thing. So, yeah. Um, good stuff. Uh, yes, this, uh, what do you think of howard currently we get a little scene with here where he's offering jimmy lunch and uh he's saying oh you know i'll i'll kind of speak to you later sort of yeah and again yes this is kind of interesting because jimmy kind of blows him off mm. um and howard sort of slightly questions the fact that he's you know that he's operating under the sole gunman rather than jimmy mcgill um you know and he sort of mentions that and jimmy kind of he's just sort of oh yeah and just sweeps it away you know uh, and then kind of brushes howard off and is like oh yeah let's the, yeah okay let's have the call by people let's do lunch sort of thing you know and howard's makes this sort of genuine offer of doing lunch but jimmy sort of has no interest in that you know 
it's not the type of lawyering he wants to do at this point. You know, it's not where he's comfortable. So this, um, this is also Howard seeing a change in Jimmy as well. Yeah, because uh, you know we, we've witnessed throughout these two episodes, as we've discussed at length, Kimmy, uh, Kim, sorry, uh, realizing the change, and this is kind of Howard being like, "Hey, so uh, so Goodman, you know, kind of questioning like, what's what's that about?" Mm. and like noticing a change and stuff. So, uh, I mean, Howard's character on his own, I'm not particularly interested in. It's more like you know him just kind of discovering you know the Sol Goodman thing. What's that all about? Should we do lunch? That's the more interesting part to me. So yeah. we shall see. Do you think we'll see Howard too many times? It doesn't feel like uh, out of all the characters we got at the moment, it doesn't feel like we'll see Howard too much. And I don't know. I don't mind that really. No, I. I mean, I, Howard is a sort of representation of of the old kind of Jimmy McGill life, and with Chuck now no longer in the picture, there's not as much use for Howard. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if we're going to get a point where. Kim sort of maybe tries to push Jimmy towards Howard and this sort of more respectable thing because Howard seems to be interested. I do wonder if maybe it's Howard's sort of alternative no, you know, notion of having a McGill back on staff is possibly one of the things he's looking for. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, even if it's just for the name. Yeah, we'll see what, uh, I suppose, Jim, Jimmy and... Uh... Yeah, how we do in the future. So, but he's not a character I'm like particularly <clears throat> concerned about necessarily. No. He's not in Breaking Bad, is he? I don't remember him being. No, in Breaking no, Bad, none of this so. is in Breaking Bad. So, no. Uh, one lawyer pushes him off, pushes Jimmy off uh, until their scheduled appointment next week, which is supposed to be next Tuesday or something. Uh, so Jimmy discreetly <laughs> arranges uh, to be stuck in an elevator with um, with her, uh, help of uh, the client's brother, to resolve most of the cases with her. Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk about Jimmy and Nacho in a second. You, I kind of realised, like, it took me maybe two seconds to realise, like, yeah. oh, he's done this deliberately. Like, he's got, yeah, like, no, he, gets in, he gets in the elevator with her, and I was like, okay, a bit weird that, like, he's got in this character who he's supposed to be meeting in, like, a week or next week or something. And then as soon as it got stuck, I was like, oh, Jimmy's, like, arranged this, and obviously yeah. you see the, uh, does it, he gives him money or something? Yeah, afterwards. it gives, it gives him money or, or like, the, yeah, yeah, it gives him money and sort of says, you know, you're, your cousin or your brother's case is mm-hmm. sorted. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like cleaned off or whatever. I did like how because when he when he sees this woman earlier in the episode and he's trying to get her to like budge with doing an earlier appointment and he's like, oh, it'll take twenty minutes. And then, at, but yeah. by the time we finish this little montage of them sorting out clients and all that, he's like, oh, twenty minutes. See that? Yeah. Um. So I I kind of liked that, that little uh, touch as well. But um, yeah, just more of uh more of Sol being being sly, I suppose, and uh working his way to get what he wants a bit earlier i suppose so. yeah and i mean in the scene where she blows him off earlier i thought that was really nice where he's kind of bouncing from from lawyer to lawyer to lawyer to, yeah. to sort of deals out i thought that was a lovely like nicely choreographed scene that i thought that was really nicely put together and then yeah you've got this scene now where it was blatantly obvious that he'd arranged that and got mm. them stuck together so uh, but yes dude, great i i just <laughs> Soul being soul, yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, now they don't have to meet on Tuesday, so yes, I suppose. Um, yeah. So as Jimmy leaves the courthouse, Nacho drives up and forces him into it. Well, doesn't really quite force him into the car. He's more like, "You're gonna, you're gonna get in this car. Just, just sort of do it." Oh, and by the way, put your ice cream on the ground. 
Uh, yeah. Well, that was an interesting little touch. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't kind of one of them scenes where, you know, a van pulls up on the side, sliding door opens, bag over the head, pop, put, pull him in. It wasn't that, was it? It was more like you're going to quietly sort of like pulls pulls up alongside the road really quite sort of gently and waits for him to almost waits for him to finish this phone call and obviously he's got his his earpiece just taps yeah that and yeah thought thought that was a it's nice and different in a way to just see a bit of a different type of like okay instead of forcing him in it's just like okay you're, you're gonna you're gonna get in this car and you, you know you're going to um but uh doesn't get to finish his ice cream so yeah but um, uh, we wonder what he's what Nacho's got planned. Uh, yes, Mr. Goodman. yes. What? Yes. What? What does he need him for? Mm. Um, it's there's some lovely things with this as well because you've got um, Nacho who clearly terrifies Jimmy. You've got like Lalo and and Gus who you know Lalo who's you know not really scared of Nacho at all and Gus who completely terrifies Nacho. So there's a sort of interesting tier of things going on there. Yeah. Um. And that last shot as well of just the ice cream on the floor almost reminds me of the classic sort of Breaking Bad cold open where you get this random shot yes. of, yeah. of something and you're like, what's that? Mm. It's it's very much it's like the teddy bear in the pool. You oh, know? That was great. That was you so know? good. Um, you, it, it's one of those sort of classic kind of cold open shots that you would usually get. So I, I really like the fact that that was in there. Um, even though it was sort of at the end, I you know it's it's one of those just just really nicely done, mm-hmm. uh, and I I just love this this sort of tearing of you know this person frightens this person who's frightened of this person who's frightened of yeah the, the, this is it's really nice so yeah, like, a, like really, a food chain kind of thing yeah, yeah. so um, so and I'm really interested to see what Nacho has in store for for Jimmy slash Soul so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, cool. Before we get into some emails, a point I forgot to make, uh, which I will make now. Um, with, with the Gene stuff and with the um, the, the disappearer guy, is it Ed? I believe that's his, his actual name, mm-hmm. Ed. I wonder if, because like we, we see in that conversation, obviously, I know I'm going back quite a bit, but I just want to include all of this in the same podcast because we are talking about the, the two episodes. Um, we we see with him, obviously, he goes to do the disappearer stuff and then backs out of it. I wonder if um, Robert's, you know, unfortunate death had possibly changed some sort of plans in in some sort of way. I just kind of wonder. Okay, well, we don't quite know why specifically he's pulled out of doing the disappearer stuff and and just wants to continue his gene and is gonna, you know, as he says, sort things out himself. Um, do you think they were maybe? I no, I I don't I don't think that actually changed the script. Interesting. I was reading a bit about the the background to. to that scene mm-hmm. um and in the script it was actually only a vocal cameo he wasn't supposed to be on camera um because oh. of the fact that the uh, the set for the vacuum cleaner shop had obviously gone at that point so it wasn't until they did el camino that they actually filmed him that they actually did it put him back on camera because obviously for, for that little scene for better call soul they didn't want to rebuild the whole of the vacuum cleaner shop, obviously, because that's horrifically expensive for a tiny little scene. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, they had to rebuild it for Al Camino, so that's when they decided to put him back on camera. So given that that was only supposed to be a vocal cameo originally, I, I'm not entirely sure that they, they necessarily would have changed anything. I, I, it's possible that it, it did, but I, I suspect it probably didn't. Because they, I mean, obviously, when they filmed that, they didn't know he was going to, you know, uh, unfortunately pass away. So, you know, 
Um, yeah, I just kind of wondered about that because, like, you know, halfway through, the, we don't know why he's changed his mind yet, but I just kind of wondered about that. So mm. uh, let's move on to a bit of feedback. You can, of course, send in your questions, thoughts, theories, comments, whatever, whatever you have for, for Better Call Saul, or if you just want to contact Entertainment Talk, that's also completely fine, of course. Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page and information in your show notes. Paul says, hey, Dave and Matt, uh, Better Call Saul is one of the best things on TV and has been for a while. Um... Some people are claiming the show to be better than Breaking Bad. How do you feel about this and keep up the great work? We will very much try to keep up the great work. That's what we need <laughs> to do. Um, I think Breaking Bad's better. I don't have too much hesitation about saying that. I still think Breaking Bad's the best thing I've seen on TV. That's just my opinion. Some people might think something else is better. Um, but like I kind of said at the start of the podcast with the 501 uh, episode, you can see, I can feel certain scenes that reach the writing level of Breaking Bad but yeah. because obviously this is, this is uh, although it's in the same universe same writers, most of the same actors you know Mike, Gus, uh, Jimmy all those sorts of characters, it is a different beast in a way because you're dealing with, well you're different, dealing with a different main character to start with and you obviously write differently towards that, it's actually you know it's a different story and that sort of thing but uh, like I kind of said with, with the Gene scenes and, and a couple of other scenes in the episodes uh, I do that sometimes notice certain scenes that like, okay, this particular scene maybe is as good as Breaking Bad and there's other scenes that are just still still really great. So what do you think? Um, it, it's one of those things that I think you ne- need to kind of reserve judgment on until the whole of Breaking, uh, the whole of Better Call Saul yeah. has gone out. Because it's a little unfair comparing something which, I mean, it, I, I think Breaking Bad had one of the best finales of any tv show ever so uh, i i think you know it was so well rounded well scripted and well put together as a as a sort of self-contained thing um i think it's a little difficult to compare the two because when you've still got a, a show which is in the middle of its story and i yeah. would agree there are certain scenes certainly which are up to the breaking bad level um I'm breaking bad. Not every episode of that show was perfect either. So it's uh, you, but but as a whole, you're judging that as a whole completed thing yeah. compared to this, which is halfway through. So um, I mean, I, I I would still air towards Breaking Bad at the moment because we've you know we've seen the whole story and how that finished and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's it's slightly uncomfortable unfair to completely compare the two at this point uh but i i think they're both brilliantly written and brilliant yeah. put together and they're wonderfully acted i i i think walter white though was just such a phenomenal character and that dissension from you know the the sort of moral corruption of the soul which is basically what that entire show was um of, of this character who starts off with good intentions and turns into this horrific monster by the end of it um it is just so beautifully put together, um, and and well, well, so this is almost doing the same sort of thing of of you know the corruption of a character. Uh, he was never that wholesome in the first place, you know. He was right. he, whereas with with Walter White, he was this sort of fairly wholesome thing that has this horrific thing happening, him getting cancer, and he and he's trying to find a way through. Whereas I think with with Jimmy, he's always been a bit morally corrupt, and it's just him, his true character coming through. 
Whereas, you know, with Breaking Bad, I think there was a, a genuine corruption going on there. So I think there there's a little difference between those, the, the, the characters. And I think the Breaking Bad one is slightly more interesting. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I love both of them. I love the both shows. I think they're brilliantly done. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think one one thing that helps both of these shows is they have a plan. You know, it was okay, yeah, yeah. This this guy is dying of cancer. There's an end game there, and uh, you know he's going to cook meth. And where does that lead to? And we saw saw where it led to. And then with this, it's the plan of okay, Jimmy McGill turning into Saul Goodman, turning into Gene, and what happens with the essentially the three of those characters. We've seen what's happened to Jimmy because he's basically gone now because he is Saul Goodman now. And just in terms of quality, that takes quality from every single department. You know, writing, yeah. acting, directing, everything, you know. And uh, both of the shows have that. So, uh, there you go. But uh, certainly excellent from both of them. So, uh, Aaron says, how do you see things going for Gene, especially now that he has been recognised, loving the black and white scenes with him? Uh, and to me, that is more exciting than the Soul Goodman scenes. So Aaron agrees with me slightly more, I suppose, or, or slightly as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, like we said, Gene's the more unknown stuff, isn't it? We don't know what's going to happen to him. He could die. It, it's a bit like watching when we're watching Gene. It's the same thing as watching Kim and and Nacho in a way, because we don't know yeah, what's yeah. going to happen to those characters. Gene could get arrested. Nacho could get arrested. Maybe Kim. Is less likely to get arrested, but she still possibly could for for something we don't know what that might be. But the three of them could die or move move away or whatever. Um, so that's where for me the more interesting stuff does come in, just because it's it's plus it's post Breaking Bad. Everything has already happened. Everything that we've seen, um, it would be post El Camino as well, pretty much because that's like immediately at the end of Breaking Bad, isn't it? So it's it's just the it's the more unknown stuff that we don't know about and. Watching him figure out, like, okay, what's he going to... Now that he has been recognised, like Aaron has pointed out, um, what's he going to do about that? And he's obviously, we've, we've seen a step of that with the whole cancel cancellation of the disappearer thing. So, um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, I, it's impossible to know at this right. point. <clears throat> it's really difficult to know where he's, he's going to end up. Um, I mean... I, 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 my feeling is that he will probably get away somehow, you know, and, but I, I, I don't know, because I, I think you want him to get away from being Gene, the guy that works at Cinnabon, you know, you, you don't want that to be the rest of his life. You, you sort of want Gene to get out of being Gene and get to something else, but I, you know, you don't really want to see, the character die. No, um, I don't want that. I, you know, maybe, maybe he gets caught. Maybe he does end up inside. Um, and again, a lot of this will be informed about what they do in the next sort of, in the rest of this season and next season mm-hmm. is, is he going to do something that's so horrific that you're rooting for him to get caught by, by the time that they get to the end of it? You know, um, yeah. You know, yeah. does he screw over Kim horrifically, and and maybe that's yeah. You know, that, so so you're you're kind of because that was the thing with Walter. Uh, you you kind of wanted him to get away with it, but you also kind of knew that he was going to end up dying at some point because yeah. he had cancer. So you uh, yeah. He, it was sort of because he becomes so morally corrupt by the end of it. That was really the only place it could end up going, 
you know, with him going out in some form of blaze of glory. You know, so he was very much an anti-hero. And it with with, with the sort of Gene Jimmy soul stuff, it's it's difficult to say where they're going to end up placing him. By the end of it, is he going to end up getting away scot free? Because I'm not entirely sure whether that is the right place to end it mm-hmm. either. Um, I suppose it just depends on what Soul ends up doing to Kim or what happens to her and how bad that is and then just, mm. you know, what what Gene's going to do, I suppose. So, But we really don't know enough yet. So, um, yeah. But we appreciate you asking the questions. Uh, of course, keep them coming in. I've already said how you can send them in. Uh, look in your show notes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but that will do it for this uh, return episode of Becoming Soul for Better Call Soul, of course, on AMC and Netflix. Um... Yeah, we'll be back next week. Of course, it will be just a Monday, Tuesday episode. So Tuesday for us, uh, podcast on Wednesday. Like I've said, if you remember, uh, Westworld is coming back soon. And when that pod, not for a preview, but for the first episode of Westworld Season 3, that's when our Better Call Saul podcast will change to Thursdays. Because Better Call Saul is actually later in the week than what Walking Dead and Westworld are going to be. So I did a little uh, update podcast if you want to have a listen to that and know a little bit more about that. So... Uh, go and check that out as well. But uh, in the meantime, you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, if you want reliable, up-to-date uh, news for TV and film, of course, uh, David's got you covered on geektown.co.uk. Uh, Geektown Radio is back next week, is it? Yes, yes. Geektown Radio will be back. We've been off for a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. because I've been away. But uh, yeah, Geektown Radio back next week. There are a whole bunch of interviews going out over the next sort of couple of weeks as well from things that I recorded while I was in the U.S., so there's some good interviews coming up as well on the cool. Behind the Scenes podcast. So. Excellent. So keep your eyes on geektown.co.uk and for podcast-wise, uh, Geektown Radio on podcast services. The same for us. Just search for Entertainment Talk and Geektown. Get yourself subscribed. Um, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we are also on Patreon. Please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers. Those are for review options and ad-free podcast options. Uh, Amazon affiliate link if you want to shop on Amazon we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra so that's a great way to support us iTunes feeds like I just said please rate, review and subscribe to us uh, and to Geek Town as well of course just search for Entertainment Talk and for Geek Town on your podcast service of choice or visit the websites entertainmenttalk.org and geektown.co.uk uh, what else is there? Word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website. Your iTunes feeds, Better Call Soul is, I would say, pretty popular at the moment, given what I've seen online just this these last couple of days alone. So uh, if you see someone watching Better Call Soul or any of the, any of the other stuff that we cover, uh, please be sure to tell them about the content. Of course, social media, please share them on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're allowed to, put them in different Facebook groups. Video games, if you want to watch us play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch and Robert streams on Mixer. And look out for Let's Play Sundays Some different things on the way. Uh, I actually scheduled some new episodes yesterday so uh, have a look out for those on Sundays. Thanks for listening, we'll see you for episode 3 next week and for The Walking Dead later Uh, Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye!